A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome back to the Five Yard Fantasy Show. Don't know where that came from. That came out of nowhere. It's week one, baby. It's Thursday night, the hottest day this year in the UK which is currently why I'm in the hallway in my house, because it's the coldest area. So if the audio is terrible, it's because A, I'm in the hallway, B, I'm on my phone, and C, it's hot. So I'm blaming it on that. As usual, I'm joined by the big man, Murph. How are you, my friend? How's your week been? Busy. It's been non-stop over here at Murph Towers. Let me tell you that for free. It's literally been wild. Um, Loads of stuff in the day job, the kiddo's first day of school. I know you're going through that as well. Um, mm-hmm. so you know he's been to school three days now um so yeah it's just wild i've got a thing in my eye or on my eye so my um eyelid is swollen um so i went to the doctors it's not an infection it's just some irritation thing so i was like great thanks needed that like a hole in the head after this year but it's fine it's pretty minor it's just slightly annoying um <laughs> and then i've just been busy writing podcasting uh fifth pod of the week i think three for us now and uh, a couple of uh, league reviews oh and patreon cast six six pods so it's been crazy busy uh, writing um i might have some news to announce soon about a new uh, article i'll be writing at a new home so it's not all done yet I've not signed anything so Ooh, uh, interesting yeah, so uh, this literally just talks happened today. So it's been a busy one, but I'm excited. It's week one of the NFL season. The Buccaneers are going to go back to being crap. So I can go back to, you know, watching fantasy without the excitement of the Buccaneers being good. I've had my three-year spell. I mean, two and a half. We weren't really that good last year. Um, I'm going go back to finishing third in the division and, uh, and kicking on and just... It's like the universe has been restored back to normal. It's like COVID kind of threw everything up, including the Buccaneers being good, but now everything's settled down. The Buccaneers go back to being bad again. So, uh, yeah. I'm getting a lot of crap, by the way, uh, from my Buccaneers friends for saying that the Buccaneers are going to be bad. 
Well, it's, it's it's only natural, isn't it? When you hate on your own team through factual correctness, people are still going to hate on you regardless because people, a lot of people are homers, right? And it's ride or die without seeing rose-tinted glasses, I think they call it, or uh, creamsicle-tinted yeah. in the case of the Buccaneers, right? Yeah, look, I'm I'm all for... I'm all for being optimistic. I'm a pretty optimistic guy at times, but yeah, I, I struggle to be optimistic about the Buccaneers. I did Buccaneers pod with um, Andy Davis, uh, who's one of our dynasty guys, and he has his own podcast. Um, and I had us to go six and ten, which I think was the second lowest record of all the teams, all the 32 fan reviews that he did. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, give that a listen because you'll hear my rationale behind it. I mean, the the difference is right with the Buccaneers this year. I'm not going to turn this into a Buccaneers pod. Is they went all in to win two Super Bowls, right? They won one, went all in to go back to back to win another Super Bowl. And unlike the Saints, where they kicked the cap down the road, like literally down the road, down the road, and forever just run up recurring interest to the point where they're not going to have any cap one year and won't be able to put, field any players. Um, the Buccaneers have decided that this year they're going to pay the lot. So it's $73 million and change in dead money. So effectively, the Buccaneers had already planned that this year was going to be a crap year, um, which is why they went out and got Baker Mayfield, because he's probably the only quarterback that was willing to play for about $3, 4000000 million. Um, they have six undrafted rookies on their 53. Six. That's huge. Mm. I, I, I can't think of a team in history in recent history, at least, where there's been six undrafted rookies, undrafted free agent rookies on a, on a single roster from the same season where they're all rookies. Like I can think of rosters which have had six undrafted players, but they've been from different years, but never six from the same draft class in the same year as they're all rookies, which again tells you that the Buccaneers just don't have money to pay people. Yeah, that's wild. That is a lot of undrafted free agents. There is, and some of them are going to be good. Some of them are on offense, um, but we can get to that in the sleeper section. But yeah, I, I'm excited. Like, it's so good to be back. Seven months of what can be and optimism and, and everything. You, you know, it's exciting for you, Stocks Broncos, new coach, who's a, who I can't stand, but regardless, it's a new coach. Um, y- you know, you got, it should be some enthusiasm there. Decent draft. I, I don't know how. The last few years have been decent drafts and we've had a new coach and in, in Hackett last year and then Russ came. I don't know what's different from this year to last year. Well, you're Sean optimism. Payton. You've got a proven winner. You've got a guy yeah, who's no, won a lot of division titles. I only that's won what, Bowl. I was, I was I was going along the lines of, like, numerically, it's the same situation. We've just improved ourselves head coach-wise by having Sean Payton. And the draft yeah. was good, but then, you know, our wide receiving room at the moment is absolutely ravaged. The constant Russell Wilson hate from around everybody who isn't a Denver fan now seems to be in... Uh, I mean, he doesn't do himself any favours. So I'm not going to sit here and defend the way Russ is Rust, but he's still potentially Russell Wilson. We just haven't seen it. And whether Sean Payton can unlock that. The good news is Javante seems fully back to fitness, which is great for the offence, considering... You know, Albert O got released. The he was he was drafted because of Drew Locke, and they were homies at college. And the Drew Locke experience dived off a cliff pretty quickly. And Albert O followed him out the door. So whether it will be 
Adam Troutman, who's Sean Payton's guy, or whether it will be um, Dolchitsky. Oh no, Greg Dolchitsky. Um, yeah, he uh, yet to be seen. I'm not sure. It could be a 50 split that with maybe two tight end sets quite a bit. But we've got the running backs that Payton likes. We've got wide receivers. Admittedly, Judy's still banged up. I'm not sure if he's out now for week one. But there is there is it's questionable. But yeah, but there is some optimism. The only downside to a Denver Broncos optimism is the fact of the division we're in. You know, it doesn't. It just seems to be the ultimate division of <laughs> if you if you play Warhammer and you and you know about the first chapter of a Space Marines army is the veterans chapter, and that's where all the elite troops go to apply their trade. And that feels exactly like the AFC East is just. Everybody's good seems to go there, and it, you've got the Chiefs, the um, the Raiders, the Chargers. The, it's not a bad division, so the optimism is always silenced because of how good the division is. So there is always that little bit of hesitancy where you think, "Oh God, if we were in a division where you know, if we were in Carolina's division or, or Tampa's division this year, we, we'd have a far better chance of." Well, I just think if you were the NFC in general. I mean, the NFC is pretty poor. Um, yeah, I was sitting there looking at the NFC, right, trying to put seven teams in the playoffs, and I struggle. Like, I struggle to come up with seven teams that are good enough to be in the playoffs. So, like, you look at the NFC and you think, okay, you've got Philadelphia, Dallas, um, San Francisco, Minnesota. Now I'm struggling. Like now, I'm thinking one of them's got to be the winner of the a- of the NFC South, and good luck picking that. <laughs> I don't know who the favorite is. You guess it would be New Orleans, but I really, I haven't looked at the bookies line. That's a wide open division because it's so yeah. bad. You've got a rookie quarterback. I mean, all four teams have new quarterbacks this year. That's how wild the division is. Oh no, sorry, Atlanta. Then they've got Desmond Ritter. Do I like Desmond Ritter, by the way? I'm a Desmond Ritter believer. I actually think I looked at that draft class last year. He was my favorite quarterback in that class um, last year over Pickett. I thought Pickett would be fine. I just didn't think he'd be exciting. I think he's a do-a-jobber, kind of five-year career best, and then kind of is a career backup. Um and really, the only other one I thought could do anything was was Ritter. The rest, I kind of just kind of washed away and thought they were all good. I never bought the Malik Willis hype. I never saw what other people saw in Malik Willis. And he looks like he's about finished in the NFL now, <laughs> considering the Titans have drafted Will Levis. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, you look at that and you think that division is in play, but it's poor. Uh, you know, teams like Green Bay could sneak in who people don't really rate. And I think, well, Jordan Love might be good. Like, he might be good. They've kept him around long enough. There's got to yeah. be something there to have survived that long and then to trade Aaron Rodgers away. So I, I put them in there, and then I think you look at Seattle, maybe, because they're just not terrible. And that might be six of the seven, and then you're looking at the last spot. But, yeah, I'm not, not excited. Like, if you're in the NFC, I think I think nine wins, ten wins probably gets you into the playoffs quite comfortably. Um, you might have the winner of the NFC South have a losing record again like they did last year with the Buccaneers. They got it eight and nine. That's how bad that division was, and it's not entirely improved. I do think probably the winner will have a, a winning record, but I don't think it's going to be a stellar record. Um, 
Well, as you look at the AFC, it's completely loaded because you've got the Jets and the Bills and Miami in one division. I mean, that's um, and the Patriots. Who you can't you know, with that D, that you can't really rule them out. You, they're the the Patriots are the fourth best team in their division, and like they're not a terrible team. No. They're not great on offense, but they're not terrible. And then you look at your division, like you said, like you probably say that the Raiders or Denver would be at the bottom again. Not a bad team in the NFC. In the NFC, those teams are winning records all day long. They're beating over half the teams in the NFC without doubt. And then you've got the North, and the North has got Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Again, that's a tough division. I like call a winner in that one. I think it's Baltimore, but we could talk about our predictions where we think this season's going to go. Um, I think the only division that lets the AFC down is the South: Tennessee, Houston, Indianapolis. Jacksonville. Like, you'd think Jacksonville will win that division quite comfortably, which when have we ever gone into a season and gone, oh, Jacksonville are going to win a division comfortably? <laughs> have we ever what. said that? Has anyone ever said that sentence ever in the history of the NFL? I don't think so. Jacksonville going to win their division comfortably. You should clip that, because that's ridiculous that they are <laughs> going to walk their division. Yeah, <laughs> Just looking at it, and you think mm, they should quite comfortably. Tennessee, are the only up. ones that are going to rival them. Tennessee are the only team that can take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in that division, because the Colts and the Texans are fighting for the one pick with Arizona, Tampa, maybe a couple of other teams. But it's a two-horse race in that division, and I give I give Jacksonville the elite advantage over Tennessee. But yeah, we'll see. It's it's going to be a good uh, it's going to be a good season. I'm looking forward to it. But the AFC is loaded, and the NFC is trash. <laughs> but it does it does mean that whoever comes out of the NFC is borderline dangerous because they're run through the playoffs. Especially whoever gets the one seed in the NFC, they're going to get a buy, and they're going to get pretty. The only time I think that the NFC one seed gets tested is in the NFC title game. I don't think there are five good teams in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, you look at the NFC and who the the Niners are. The it's Niners and the Eagles. Yeah, and then you and then you draw a line, and then there's what the Cowboys, the the Vikings, and maybe the the Seahawks. If we're being generous, I actually think they're probably another tier down the Seahawks. Then poor Lions, man. <laughs> I think the Lions can make the playoffs. That they're they're the wild card this year. They who knows? They're absolutely they're the wild card. But you again, you look about how bad they were two years ago, and now we're talking about them as a as a playoff team when they haven't particularly drafted brilliantly. I don't think they've drafted that well, and I just think they've got an exciting coach who just goes for it no matter what. He's like an absolute madman who just goes for it on every play, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, we'll just see what happens. I mean the best the best drive. I mean they got Amarase Brown the fourth round. That's an absolutely phenomenal pick. So I'm probably being slightly harsh, but I, I don't know. Jack you Campbell, you picked Jack Campbell's yeah. not going to start out the gate, so obviously they're not as happy with him as you would expect. Um, I don't think the Jamal Gibbs pick is a good pick. We'll see what happens. I'm, I don't, I'm not a big fan. Um, yeah, I don't. No. I'm not a big you fan. Like you... You, you, they drafted um, Jeff Akuda. He's not on the team anymore. He's now a Falcon, I think. Yeah, fourth, fourth overall he was taken. Like, they've not drafted well. No. 
at least in the high rounds, in the later rounds, they've picked some players up. But wow, I mean, like, that's a franchise that has not, like, is in contention without drafting well. So, yeah. You know. I mean, we, we talk about the Lions. They are, they are tonight, as we record this live, yeah. they're tonight's game. They're taking on the Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs. Murph, with or without a Travis Kelsey, because for us in the UK, that is an absolute ball ache of a. If you have Travis Kelsey on your redraft team, it's because you drafted him early in the UK and you now have to potentially either try and stay awake because he's a true game time decision or plug in another tight end and come what may. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. They're, they're talking about he's going to work out pre-game to see if he can go. Um, I, I think we'll probably know before everyone goes to bed, hopefully. But the one thing they have done is they've elevated Matt Bushman from their practice squad. So they've brought up another tight end. So Noah Gray's the tight end that backs up Travis Kelsey, and they've brought another one up. That leans to me that he's either not going to go or he's not going to be 100%. Yeah. And for me, if you're, if you're the Chiefs, I'm not gambling. Hyperextension... I've done a hyperextension. I'm not an athlete, granted. But you can make that so much worse. A hyperextension could turn into something far more significant. Yes, for fantasy players, it is annoying. It's very annoying. But you would rather miss Travis Kelsey week one than you'd miss him play, get injured, and miss multiple games, which is what really is on the line here. I personally think that if they're smart, they don't play him. Or they limit him very... But I, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it at all. I don't think it's worth the risk. I think they've got enough to beat the Lions without Travis Kelsey. Um, I don't think you risk it week one. I don't... I, if this was you need the playoffs, whatever, and he's kind of 50-50, I half get it. But I don't get it week one. But we'll see. Uh, Andy Reid is is known for not playing cautiously, regardless. So it, I wouldn't say I'd be shocked if he if he lined up this tonight. But I don't think, yeah, I don't think you can play him. I I well, think if you're in the UK, you're not staying up. I think you you have to be cautious here and not play him. Yeah. Um. Because yes, there might be the occasion he might go for eleven, one hundred and sixty-five and two. Right, that <laughs> is in the range of outcomes, and you'll kill me for it. But he could also score you zero. I, I have removed I think... him from my lineups. Yeah, because I, just... I want to play the safe. My only worry, not worry, my only concern with the Travis Kelsey in or out is in the last last pick of my Scott Fishbowl team. I I drafted Noel Gray. Oh well, then there um, you go. But, but I, I don't mean, know I don't... whether to play him or not. <laughs> I don't I don't love playing him either, to be honest. I mean I've got I've got them in my ranks. I've got them nineteen and twenty. Right? I've got Laporta at eighteen. So I literally have the three tight ends possible in this game at 18, 19, and twenty. Which doesn't mean I'm not playing any of them. Yep. I'm just not playing any of them. I just think it's Thursday night football. If this was Sunday, it might be slightly different. You might make a calculated gamble, but you've got so much time between now and Sunday to make lineup adjustments that I just think I would play it safe. In any league, I've got Travis Kelsey. Unless it's a league where... I, I tell you what, I have one league where 
the drop-off is so far from Travis Kelsey to who I have as a backup because it's a dynasty league. It's a super deep league that I'm playing Kelsey because to be perfectly honest, the the replacement is only going to get about three points anyway. So I'll take the risk because it's like, if Kelsey does play, he's going to score more than three points. And if he doesn't, the three points probably, famous last words, they're probably not going to kill me. Yeah. So you look at the risk reward. If you're in a league where you know, you've got available backup options. You've got a Chig out there. You've got a uh, a Higby out there. You've got a decent tight end option and Everett out there. Everett this week has a decent plus matchup. Like, I think they're the guys I would probably play over someone like Travis Kelsey this week. And and, and maybe it's cautious. And, and at the end of the day, I just think you'll have more to... I think if you you got to try and get off to a good start. And having a zero in your lineup is very hard to win with. Mm. But, I mean, obviously yeah. the best advice I can give you is stay up till midnight and you'll know. <laughs> or set an alarm for midnight, wake up, see if he's playing. If he's if he's not playing, take out your lineup, go back to bed. That's the best advice I can give you. But if you're not, then I would, I would stay away. Because I think that elevation of the practice squad um, is going to be the difference for me. Um, I know that, that Clark Hunt has said that I wouldn't bet against him being on the field, but I think that's more a statement of like trying to keep the other team guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Chiefs are currently four and a half point favorites. So that's, that's wild. I thought they'd be bigger than that, but there you go. Yeah. Four and a half points. Is I mean, I've just done the matchup pod, right? And I, I explained the Kelsey situation. And I'm like, well, there's not much in this game from a fantasy perspective I love in a one QB league. You're playing Mahomes. He's my QB one this week. Um, the running back situation, you haven't got a, a particularly strong uh, running back this week in here. You've got a couple of running back twos, but you don't have uh, like running back ones in this game. So really, you're relying on the wide receivers here. Um, so if I go through, I've got Gibbs at 21, Pacheco at 22, and Montgomery at 25. RB that is so and this is half point so I probably in PPR Gibbs could probably go up two, maybe 19 but yeah 21 22 25 and half point is where I've got those guys ranked which is so it is all about it is all about the wide receivers in this game and Mahomes obviously um because I've got Amon Rasse Brown at wide receiver six um, Sky Moore at 35, Kadarius Tony at 38. Now, if if Kelsey doesn't go, both those guys go up about five to seven spots because the targets will go round. I've kind of hedged yeah. the bet there, um, but I think if if I get if I get confirmation, then I'm, I move those guys up. So they're they're wide receiver three range flex plays, but they could easily jump into the top top 25, 30 or so. Just looking through this week's matchups, there's some real juicy games, isn't there? Great week one to start off with. It's a really good slate of games. Um, uh, Monday night football is incredible. What a great first game of the season on Monday night football! Like it's phenomenal. Um, there's a couple of duds though, like Washington Arizona is not a game I'm particularly interested in. I'll watch it at some point, but yeah, not particularly like enthralled at the prospect of that one. Um, 
Texans Ravens could be a donut like when the Ravens came over and absolutely thumped the Jaguars in in oh yeah in London that that could be a a nothing I mean the Jaguars Colts could be could be a bit of a dud if the Jaguars defense can stop Anthony Richardson pretty swiftly then that could be that could be a nothing but then you've got the opposite you've got the Niners Steelers that could be an absolute humdinger yeah you you could do or that could be a real defensive game as well and you know one one of the bits of news we should talk about is Nick Bosa is is one of the highest paid players in football with his 170 million dollar contract i mean huge i'd like to see the breakdown of the contract but record setting number for a defensive lineman uh, to say yeah. the least i mean Aaron Donald's probably knocking on someone's door this morning their sneed store and saying hey i want some of that money yeah. but can the rams afford that is that the rams defense is one of the youngest in the league this year by all accounts except Aaron Donald and yeah, I mean, it depends what what route the Rams want to go down. Um, it, yeah, it really depends on what route they want to go. Down. As you said, they're getting younger for the most part. Um, I mean, they could do it. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, there's a few little contract scenarios going on around the league. They have a lot of dead money this year. Seventy-five million dollars in dead money. I've looked at the dead money on the. I can't believe that they still owe Alan Robinson $21.5 million. <laughs> I feel like he left there quite a while ago. They owe nearly $20 million on Jalen Ramsey, who they traded out of there. Nearly $19 million on Leonard Floyd. $7.5 million on Bobby Wagner. Um, like, they owe big, big money. <laughs> it's mad how much money they owe. Like, that is wild. Um, they don't have much cap space, actually. They only have $2.5 million. So it's not a huge amount. So, looking uh, talking about the uh, talking about the Broncos' uh, struggles with how hard their division is. Look, actually, if the Lions can beat the Chiefs tonight, the Broncos are playing the Raiders. So there's three of the four teams, and then you've got the Chargers at the Dolphins, which is no Walker. Um, sorry, Dolphins at Chargers, which is no easy game. The Finns could easily win that one in LA. And then if the Broncos can get a win against the Raiders, they could be the only team with a winning winning weekend if the Lions get the upset tonight. So that would be a great start for Denver if that was the case. Yeah, it would be. I can't see it personally, but it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, my favorite thing going on at the moment is I see loads of Twitter things today or X things or whatever we're calling Elon Musk's playground now, where they've seen players get contract... Um, contract uh, restructures right players of a lot of players yes they got contract restructures and their teams are like oh we're going to go and get mike evans or we're going to go and get um you know a player or free agency like a kareem hunt or they're going to go and get someone through trade and everyone's really super duper excited and i'm going to pour cold water on all of it now and explain why there were so many restructures yesterday and so many restructures yesterday because yesterday was the end of the um top 51 player cap so what happened is up until yesterday only the top 51 players counted against your cap right and now every player on your roster counts against your cap including your practice squad so um teams had to restructure contracts like the buccaneers like the rams like um the bills maybe i don't know there's a few teams yesterday that had players who restructured contracts because they needed to create the cap space. It wasn't like I saw a lot of Buccaneers fans really excited. It's like, we're going to go and get Mike Evans' new contract sorted. I'm like, hold the phone. That's not exactly what's happening here. It's 
they had to restructure Shaquille Barrett's contract by 10 million because they were actually going to be 5 million and change over the cap. So now they're under to the point where now the bills somehow are only 35 grand under the cap. <laughs> like I'd never seen a team that close to the cap. It's ridiculous. 35 grand. Like that's almost it's literally not you can't sign a player for 35 grand, even to the practice squad, I don't think. Maybe you can. But wow, I mean, like it's tight as anything. Um lots of teams are within like five million or less of the cap. Uh your Broncos are the second poorest team on cap. They've only got one point three million dollars in cap. Um and then you've got the Browns at the top of the tree by a country mile, 35.3 million in cap they've got spare. Well, that's a lot. And that's why, that's why, folks, I've been talking about Jerome Ford. Because everyone's like, uh, Cream Hunt, cap casualty. Yes, he was. He was going to earn a lot of money this year. It was about six, seven million. The Browns didn't want to pay that, so they let him go because they could. But also, they had the money to pay Kareem Hunt. Look, they've got 35 million in the bank. They'll roll that over next year, or a large chunk of it anyway. Jerome Ford is actually quite good. So if you're in a league where Jerome Ford is not owned, I would be tonight adding him to your roster. Get rid of your backup. If you drafted a premium quarterback, so I'm talking Hurts, um, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Fields, Jackson or Herbert, get rid of your backup QB. Don't need them on your bench. Just get rid of them. Pick up Jerome Ford. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That is a PSA right there. Safe. Safety why you, from... Why do, you need a, why do you need a backup quarterback? Like, Justin Fields is buys in week 13. Are you yeah, going to hold your backup quarterback for 12 weeks? I don't think you are. You're going to cut your backup quarterback like you do every year. You're going to cut your backup quarterback around week four to week six when you realize you need to start using your bye week benches and then all of a sudden you've missed the opportunity to get someone like Jerome Ford for free or a Sean Tucker for free or a Gus Edwards for free or whoever it is that you're looking to target stack your bench with running backs get these guys on your benches right now they should not be unowned cut and the same goes with tight ends if you took tra- I know okay Travis Kelsey in the first round <laughs> you might not play tonight you have to start your backup fine if you took Mark Andrews, cut the backup tight end. Just cut the backup tight end. You don't need him. And people say, oh, well, Travis Kelsey's injured. You need a backup tight end. Yes, but the backup tight end is going to be the same as the backup tight end that is on the waiver wire. Yeah. Yeah. That backup but tight end you're going to use draft, is, draft is, will be on the waiver. Of course. And draft capital from the 10th round. I mean, draft capital is dead from the moment you draft anyway. But especially from the 10th round onwards, it doesn't matter. Like, you cut him in without ever playing him. Like, oh, I drafted him. I can't cut him. Of course you can. Of course yeah. you can cut him. Like, it's your team. Like, it doesn't matter. But also, it really doesn't matter. Stack your bench with running backs. Like, that is what you need to do now. Because we've seen it year after year after year. Week one, week two, week three. Running backs go down. Running backs go down. Get those handcuffs on there. Get those premium guys. But someone like Jerome Ford isn't just a handcuff. He is a flex-worthy play most weeks. You, all right. Well, you mentioned sleepers earlier, Murph. And somebody I drafted in the, I, my last... Blah. My last draft finished on Monday, my last redraft draft, and I drafted Dion Jackson in the, fir- in the last round of my draft because of the Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And Zach Moss is still on the, is still on, on the waivers on, in that league. And you think 
oh, yes, they've said they're going to go with the hot hand, but I think it's going to be on Dion Jackson. And to draft him in the last round, or if he's in your waivers, Taylor isn't playing for four weeks. Moss is injured. I don't know whether he's back or he, he had a shoulder injury, I think. Dion Jackson is probably going to get most of the work, I think, in the Indianapolis game this week. And even if it's for one week, we've seen what he can do in that system. Anthony Richardson's going to need his running back probably at some point. And I think, you know, Dion Jackson is a great play this week if you're stuck for a running back that you may not need in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I I would say yes for this week, but I don't know if he's startable this week. Um, I actually think that Zach Moss is the play going forward. Oh, I, I agree. But not I, this I, week. I just... Not this week. I don't think he plays this week. So I think Deion Jackson's a good play this week. But well, I say a good play. I don't think he's a good play this week. I don't think he's a bad play, but I don't think he's a good play. I'm not racing to start Deion Jackson unless I'm in a league where I've got some injuries and I'm kind of struggling. Like I've got Deion Jackson. I went through this on the matchups pod and I've completely forgot him. I've got him like around about running back 39. Ouch. Well, I just these are so these are the players I have ranked over him. And tell me who you would realistically rank. Over him. Zach Charbonnet's at 38. You taking Charbonnet? Are you taking Jackson over Charbonnet? No. Right. Damian Harris at 37. Yes, Point. I am going to. All right. Fine. Uh, AJ Dillon at 36. So you have AJ Dillon at 36. No, I'm taking Jackson over Dillon. Well, that's mad. No chance. Right. Matteson's at 35. And he's a starter. Yeah. I'm playing Madison. I'm very low on Madison. Right. Khalil Herbert. I'll keep going. Uh, Antonio Gibson. I've got Javante at 32. Raheem Mostert at 31. James Cook, 30. I'll play him over Mostert. Right. Well, I mean, Mostert's the actual starter and he should get some work. But okay, I can see the point. There's not many that you would start. And that's what I mean. And we're still talking running back 30. You probably shouldn't be starting running back 30. Um, and with 31's Mr. James Cook, I think, is the borderline where he's the last player I would sit there and comfortably start. Um, I do have Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift, and there could be an argument that I might move them down. I haven't quite settled on where they are, but like Brees Hall, David Montgomery, Samaji P. Ryan, Brian Robinson, Pacheco, Gibbs, Pierce, Connor, Sanders, Jamal Williams, Kenneth Walker. I'm starting all those guys. Like, it's just, I just don't see a room. Um, hey, Sven's here. Long time since we chatted. How you doing, pal? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just can't. I can't find a path for Dion Jackson this week to start because the Colts are going to be bad. They're going to be really, 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 really bad. And Jacksonville are good. They've got a good D. They've got a good offense. Like this, really could be like one of those forty to seven blow ups first week of the season games. Like, it wouldn't shock me. Like, I think the only cult I could start this week with any confidence is Michael Pittman. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think he's the only cult I could start and feel okay about it. And you're, you're basing that on a on a 50% completion rate from Anthony Richardson as well. Yeah, but he's going to get like 98 targets because who else is getting the ball? Who's getting the ball in Indianapolis? Alec Pierce? He's tiny. How dare you, my bear I mean, cat. he is. He's tiny, but whatever. He, yeah, he, yeah, but he yeah is. Okay, but his competition for targets is virtually nil. Like, he's not... Pittman, they've got, they've got no tight end. Like, it's Mo Ali Cox is good, or Granson who's going to be the tight end. Both of them have not done anything in the history of the NFL, really. And then you've got, you know, no running back with any receiving pedigree. Jackson's okay, but he's not great. Zach Moss is the receiving back, and he's crocked. So, not going to be passing too many to the receiver, to the, to the running backs. You've got no tight end. Like, realistically, Michael Pittman could have a 35-40% target share this weekend. Really, and like um, that's silly numbers, but he realistically could because there is no one else on that team that can catch a football. And yes, admittedly, Anthony Richardson can't accurately throw a football, but <laughs> if he gets 20 targets and it's a 50% completion rate, that's still 10 catches. Yes, yeah, he's not going to get yeah. 20 targets. I get it. Sven saying 14. So maybe five catchable balls. I think you could probably see Pittman, yeah, 14, 15 targets maybe. And I think he can catch, if he catches eight of those, eight PPR points, 10 yards a catch, eight, that's 16 points. That's the, only, that's the only person I can start in the Colts this week. I can't start anyone, unless Richardson in a super flex. That's the only other. But yeah. So who else, have you, who else have you got down as some sleepers that you fancy this week? Well, sleepers for this week. Uh, is a little bit trickier. Um, the player, I th- the the biggest sleeper. So, like the biggest sleeper I have got this week. So, I actually had to write this for Fantasy Pros. They do these collective articles and they ask a selection of analysts or, or writers of theirs um, who is the biggest flop inside the top forty, and then who's the biggest uh, sleeper in outside the top one hundred. Mm-hmm. So, my biggest flop inside the top 40 flex players was Khalil Herbert. Um, Just fade him at all costs. I've talked about it many times, so I'm not going to go into it here. But the biggest sleeper I had, and you'll like the stocks, is Marvin Mims Jr. Because he's currently currently ranked as the 102nd ranked flex player. Which I think is mad. Like, he's the... uh, Let's be honest, Judy's not going to go. Like, it's very unlikely Judy's going to go this week. So he's no, realistically no. going to be the running, the wide receiver two in that offense. He was yep. drafted by Payton and Co. So there's a lot of trust there. Um, I just think that it's it's a decent matchup for him. He's going to get some decent looks. I'm not saying, I'm not predicting him to be a wide receiver one or, um, or even a wide receiver two, but I think he's a flex play. I think you could start him 
in the flex and be quite happy with the return you get on on Marvin Mims Jr. this week. I love Marvin Mims this week. I think love he's a great him. player. I, I genuinely have got a lot of Marvin Mims. And I think I look at the matchup, I think about who he's going to go against, and I sit there and think, yeah, I definitely think against the Raiders he can get some joy. I do think that they're not the best at the back. I'm I'm all for fire at, at the flex 102. Like that's wild to me that he's down that low. Yeah. Wild that he's the 102nd best player in that says taking out quarterbacks, DSTs, and kickers. Like, that's wild. I can't see a path where he's going to finish outside the top 60. Yeah, I, 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 he it could be. This could be the Marvin Mims game. No worries. This could be the Marvin Mims game of the season. It could be that game where, because Judy's out, Sutton is either not the guy that Peyton wants him to be or Sutton has proven to be. And all of a sudden, Mims gets eight for 65 and a score. And everyone wants their Marvin Mims. Um, And if Cortland Sutton remains Cortland Sutton, it could easily be Jerry Mims Sutton in in that order in the one two three wide receivers and Mims could he was unbelievable at Oklahoma. Peyton yeah. went up to get him, and I could yeah, he, I'm, he, I'm all for it. I think his price is too low. He, he'll be free in a lot of leagues right now. And as I said, if you're thinking about leagues where you've got a bench and you're sitting there with a backup quarterback and you've got an elite quarterback and you've got a backup tight end and you've got an elite tight end. There's two spots that you can go and fill and get a Jerome Ford and a, and a Marvin Mims Jr. Like, I think for me, you got to bench management is something that podcasts don't talk about enough. And you've got to have guys who are going to not just contribute, but have high ceiling games, right? There's no point. Like, I like Zay Jones. I, I have a lot of Zay Jones in very, very deep leagues where you start a lot of players, especially flex players. Because the value of someone getting 10 points is at that point ultra value. If you're like, I'm in a league where there's, um, it's start five wide receivers and then there's two flags. So like <sighs> having having a player like Zay Jones in a league like that is valuable because having your flex get 10 points is useful because mm-hmm. it's so deep. Or your wide receiver five getting 10 points is useful. Because at that point, you're talking about the wide receiver 60. Yeah. Like, there's 60 wide receivers that are starting every week as a minimum. So if you can, if you're, like, if you can get a Zay Jones who's going to finish inside the top 60 every week, there's value to that. If you're in a league that's two wide receivers and then one flex, having Zay Jones on your roster is completely pointless because there is no point getting a guy who's going to score nine or ten points because you're not going to win. Like, you need to get a guy who... Yes, could flatline and score three or could score 23. And that is the kind of thing that Marvin Mims will do. Marvin Mims has got a couple of 20-point weeks in him this season. I totally believe that. Because they're going to be, as you say, you've already said this, they're in a tough division. They're going to be behind a fair amount. They're going to have to throw this football. They're going to have to throw this football. Like, they can't just run it all the time. Yes, they'll have games where they will run the ball a lot. They'll control the ball. They'll control the pace. And Marvin Mims won't get a lot. And those are the games that you don't start Marvin Mims. But when you start him against like the Kansas City Chiefs, he could potentially get like 10 or 12 targets and he could eat on that. Yep. So I, I'm all for having a player like that because there's a high ceiling there. Yes, there's a low floor. There's a very low floor. 
And that's why his ADP is so bad. But there is a high ceiling there. And those are the sorts of players, if you get them right on the right weeks, they can win you matchups. Because your flex scoring 23, there aren't going to be many flex players that are going to do that. So, you know, drafting a Marvin Mims, drafting a Dion Jackson, sorry. But Dion Jackson's not going to put up a 20-point week this season. Jonathan Taylor will, but Dion Jackson won't. Zach Moss probably won't. But I don't mind having those players on your bench, but you're going to need a second injury. You're going to need an injury to someone in that committee. And probably it will need, for Jackson, it will need to be Moss. For Moss, it will need to be Jackson. Those two will cannibalize each other. I think the only one winner out of there is Moss. Moss is probably the only one I can see winning out of two because he's got the catching ability and the running ability. Like he's got everything and he's proven in this league. Deion Jackson really hasn't kind of proven it too much in this league. But that's why I like the strategy of deep stacking running backs and wide receivers, especially, you know, like for me, Jerome Ford, if Nick Chubb goes down, he's going to have elite usage. He's going to have, because Pierre Strong's not going to take that much from him. He's just not. Pierre Strong's not that good. Um, You're looking at, I'm trying to think of other players that are at Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker is out there. Sean Tucker realistically could challenge Rashad White. If Rashad White doesn't get off to a good start, Sean Tucker is going to get the ball. Sean Tucker is excellent. Sean Tucker is excellent. How he went on drafted, I don't understand. Oh. I don't understand the NFL that, that Sean Tucker did, like ended up undrafted. Because he's sure. all, like if you own Chase Edmonds, get him off your roster. If you own Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds is going to be the next LaShawn McCoy at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to do literally nothing. He's going to earn a Super paycheck. Very... Yeah, I mean, LaShawn <laughs> McCoy won a Super Bowl with Tampa doing literally nothing. I I want to know how many, like, uh, but that's that's Chase Evans this year. Uh... Chase been Evans last year as well at the Broncos. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I've, got, I've got one that I quite like in deep, deep leagues. If Cooper oh. Cup remains injured for a long time, and that's my BYU Cougar Puka Nakua. But just there isn't anyone else. It's Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, and Van Jefferson's good at football. Newsflash. Van Jefferson's yeah, good you... at football. Chomp, chomp, enough. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't like Billy Gates' plays recently, but he is one I do love. No, he, he he's quite good. I'll give you that. But I just think Puka Nakua's he's got some value in a deep, deep league because there is no one else. He is tiny though. He's not as tiny as Tutu Atwell, but he is tiny. Well, there, there you go. There's your benchmark. They like tiny receivers than... in LA. I don't understand why. You got Tutu Atwell and you're like, okay, you've already got oh, the tutu. tiniest wide receiver that's ever going to play in the NFL. And now you've got uh, Nakua and you think, well, okay, he's slightly bigger than, than Atwell. Atwell but, is, could fit in my pocket. That's Yeah, I, you know. I mean, I, I worked out that he was like, uh, was it like 168 Big Macs? <laughs> or quarter pounders? He's 168 quarter pounders. That's how I worked out he is like it's hilarious but yeah it's it's wild by the way i looked it up the sean mccoy uh super bowl winning year right and keep in mind he won the super bowl the year before with kansas city um so he won the super bowl the year before with kansas city running the ball 101 times um and then he got 28 receptions so he touched the ball 129 times um in tampa he ran the ball 10 times nice (laughs) for 31 yards (laughs) In which, in which twenty three of those were before the were before the car, like uh, before contact. 
So he basically fell over and got eight yards after contact, which is terrible. How do you manage 0.8 yards after contact per attempt is terrible. He then caught the ball 15 times. He touched the ball 25 times in that Super Bowl winning year and got a ring. Like, that's 25 times more than me. Or me. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. But yeah, um, yeah, I like Nakua. I think he's in a really deep, like, you're going to have to go super deep league. Um, I, I did preface it with deep. Yeah. I think, I, I think you know, I, I look at leagues and I think about, yeah, in a charity league, Nakua's one I would definitely be uh, adding. But I think at this point in the season, I'm looking at running backs and I think they're the, they're the ones I want to add because you, you've always got an injury, uh, like someone like Ty Chandler, who I don't love, but if Matson goes down, Matson's had injuries in the past, you can have a go on him and he'll probably do quite well. Um, those are the sorts of players I want to be adding to benches because if you do get an injury week one, Masson's got a tough matchup week one against the Bucks. Like it wouldn't shock me if he walked off the field injured. That's a horrible thing to say, but it wouldn't shock me. So I just think I'd rather take a shot on these sort of running backs and then with these high ceiling wide receivers like a Marvin Mims. I think Marvin Mims is a high a high ceiling wide receiver. I think he's someone that yeah, it'll be boom and bust, but. I see him almost having a similar profile in fantasy to uh, Mike Evans. Um, someone who will, you know, score three touchdowns one week and then not do anything for three more weeks. Um, Jonathan Mingo, I like, because I think that um, situation in Carolina is completely ambiguous that you think there is an opportunity there for someone to emerge. Not even as the two as the one. I mean, you've got Thielen, but Thielen is old and prone to injury. You've got Chark, you've got Mingo, you've got Marshall. Like, it's a pretty ambiguous uh, room there. Um, do they still have LaVisca? Is he still there? I don't know. Uh, dead to me. Yeah, I mean, LaVisca is, is one of the world's greatest. Disp- I mean, not to me, because I kind of expected it. But to those who, who backed him. Uh, Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's another one. Jaden Reed could be the two in, in Green Bay. Um, he's could only got one. to beat out Romeo Dubs to beat, uh, to beat the two. And with Watson and his injury struggles, he could end up as the lead target man on that team this year. That wouldn't shock me. And don't forget, he's got the draft capital. Like Mims, second round player. So draft capital goes well. Jalen Hyatt. I mean, that wide receiver room in New York is a complete mess. Like, that's a complete free-for-all. Because you've got Sterling Shepard, Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodges, Wondell Robinson. All of those guys were outside of the top 70 (laughs) wide receivers in ADP. Because no one knows. No one knows. Yeah. Gonna, they're not all going to be bad. The Giants aren't going to have a wide receiver not finish in the top 70 of, 80, uh, of wide receivers. Like, they're going to have someone that finishes in the top 40. You've just got yeah. to gamble on who that guy's going to be. And it, it's likely to be Jalen Hyatt. That's the guy I'm shooting for. Wondell Robinson's fine in the PPR league. He'll score you maybe 10 points in the slot. But he's not going to win your weeks. Hodges is the same plodder. It's going to do okay. He'll have a couple of decent 14-point weeks. But again, he's not going to get you that 20-point week. Slayton, he's the sort of guy that will get you a 20-point week and then do absolutely nothing for the rest of the season. So i go with Hyatt. Like, Hyatt can easily win his way out of the roster hell that's there. Um, I like his seat. Justin Ross is another one. You know, outside of Sky Moore, and Kadarius Tony, who's always crocked. Yeah, it's a free for all in Kansas City. Why can't it be Justin Ross? 
Justin Ross has shown a lot. He's shown a lot in preseason that he actually is good at football. How he fell the seventh round, I don't know. Um, yeah, he's another sleeper. Like these are the guys you want to have on your. And do you know what? If they don't pan out, it costs you nothing. It doesn't matter. You hook them off. You go and find the next new thing, and you go after them. But these are the guys right now. Like, how gutted will you be? You listen to this podcast. You don't action the item. Jalen Hyatt in his first week goes for eight for 162 and two. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? On the waiver wire next week, he's going to be waiver wire ad number one or two, and he's going to cost you X amount of fab. Or if you're in a league where you don't do fab, you're not getting him. Yep. Don't miss out. These players are all available right now. You can literally go into your league. You can hit ad. You can put them straight on your bench. And you know what? If they stink, that's fine. You can cut them next week. You can hold them a week. You can see what you want to do. But the one thing you're not going to do is miss out on these players because you'll have them. And if any of them go off, they're yours and they didn't cost you a thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the following week, if any of these players go off, if Marvin Mims goes off, got the opportunity to do it. If Jalen Hyatt goes off, he's got the opportunity to do it. If Jerome Ford goes off, he will have the opportunity to do it. If Sean Tucker, I don't think he goes off week one, if I'm honest. I think they're going to stink badly against the Vikings. But if he did go off, you'll have these players on your roster. They're there. And when it goes to wave wire, people are going to go, oh, who has, like, Jalen Hyatt. I'm going to add Jalen Hyatt. I've heard on this podcast, I've got to add Jalen Hyatt this week. Oh, wait, he's already owned? Like, that's the best feeling in the world. When that happens, that is the best feeling. I'll never forget, um, I think you were in this league. It was the Epsom League where I started adding handcuffs and this was when um, Kareem Hunt got cut for the misdemeanor in Kansas City and everyone was after Williams and he was already on my roster because it already added a load of handcuffs before the playoffs. He ended up becoming a league winner, won the league that year because of the fact I had Williams on my roster. Didn't need to go to waivers. He was already on my roster because I picked up a load of handcuffs in week 13 and then that happened. And it's an unfortunate situation to benefit from. I'm not victory lapping it in the sense of I anticipated that Kareem Hunt was going to be an absolute uh, D-head. But it happened. The player was available. I had him on my roster. It never went to waivers. And that is, you know, those are the situations that you kind of have to switch. And most of the time it's through injury. Most of the time it's through injury and you've got to pick up on them and and pivot quickly. And if you have those players on your roster, and that's why if you don't roster a QB and you don't roster a tight end, if you've got the elite. Now, if you don't have the elite players, I understand it. But if you do have the elite players at those positions, then you need to have as many bench spots as possible to take your shots. Exactly. It's perfect. This is how we win ships. We win ships early before the season's even started because the docks look good when they're nice and clean and the ships are on the way. Murph, for those who haven't listened... You've got the backup listened... as well. You've got the exactly. backup ships. Backup ships. We're sort of building an armada here without even really trying, which I'm a big, big fan of. Um, <laughs> if you are an audio OG, you will know that way, way, way back in the day, we did a segment called Murph on the Streets is where Murph bought a fire amount of stats which were just unbelievable to the podcast every week and guess what because it's week one of the new season murph's got some stats so let's hit the streets my man what have you got for us this week 
Well, it's week one. So, right, week one, it's all about setting the trend. And you want to win week one, not in fantasy. I'm, well, you want to win week one in fantasy, but you want to win week one, your team in real life. So the 57 Super Bowl winners have kicked off on kickoff weekend with a record of 46-10-1. and 46 wins, 10 defeats, one tie. So 46 of the 57 Super Bowl winners have won their opening weekend. That's a huge, huge number of it. And then as well, the uh, 2004 regular season was when they moved to um, having the defending champions kick off the season on Thursday night football. Um, so since that's happened, that was the Patriots. Um, it's 18 of 19 times. There's one game that that didn't happen. But in the 18 of the 19 instances since 2004, where the Super Bowl champions are kicked off on Thursday night football, they are 14 and four. And... Since 2002, and that's when the Texans joined and made it 32 teams, teams that are victorious in their season openers are more than twice as likely to reach the playoffs than uh, those that lose their opening game. So of the 334 teams that won their opening game, 176 of them went on to make the playoffs, and 117 of those, which is over a third, won their division title. Of the 332 teams that lost their season opener, 82 went on to win the title, uh, win the uh, to make the playoffs, and 51 titles. Um, there's a reason. There's a discrepancy. I'm just reading it here. The reason for the discrepancy um, was the inclusion of the 2017 Week Two victories by Miami and Tampa, which won the season opener for each team. Their Week One meeting was postponed due to the hurricane. So you remember the hurricane that came over? Yeah, yeah. So the reason they got two more winners of uh, teams that won that lost is that game was postponed Week One. They played in Week Two. Um, gotcha. And so that's why they've added that on there. Um. Last season's 14 playoff teams uh, went 10 and 4. Interesting. Interesting. So it's important to win your opening game. <laughs> right, Denver. You've got to beat the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Basically, don't beat the Raiders. Season's over. You might as well just go home. Okay, done. fine. Well, that means this weekend's is, is one and done. And if it's not, you know, if we're not. Oh, the Chiefs! If they lose tonight, poor, are they going to repeat? It's all over. It's all it. actually. To be fair, they're one of the they're one of the teams. Um, <laughs> of course, they a couple are. of seasons ago, <laughs> weren't they? They started really badly, didn't they? Lose like three of their first five games, or three of their first six, and then they went on yeah. to make the Super Bowl. Did they win the Super Bowl that year? I don't remember. Or was that the attempt to beat them? I can't remember. Anyway, digressed. But there's some interesting stats there about Week One. Why Week One is so important? It's unlike any other sport like the premier league you lose your opening game it doesn't matter really um same goes for i mean baseball it really doesn't matter because there's 161 games that follow like you lose your opening game and it really doesn't you just matter. play tomorrow yeah exactly you just play you play you'll play a double header tomorrow you'll end up two and one after after two days um and then you'll play until you know like christmas or whatever no they play till november don't they i don't know it's yeah. a city i you know there's a saying with baseball that um is it yeah, you win you win was it fifty-four? Yeah. So you you'll win fifty-four games, you'll lose fifty-four games, and it's what you do with the remaining fifty-four games that determines whether you make the playoffs or not. 
<laughs> so you might as well have a short, short season. You might as well just have a 54-game season. <laughs> hey, I fixed baseball. Look at that. There you go. In one podcast, I have fixed baseball. Take 108 games away, have a 54-game season. And you could have two seasons in a year. You could have two seasons in a year. That's an ultimate. You could have two World Series in a year. And then I've you could have the World League, World Series. Baseball, so much money. Because there you go. We've all seen baseball in August when there's no one there. Yeah. Or September. There's no one there. No, There's literally one man and his dog and some kids. And they probably <laughs> let them all in for free. Like, it's, it's embarrassing, like low unless you're like the yankees but if you're like a pretty crap team like you don't have anyone go and watch you're playing it's like playing in the covid era there's like no one there like for some teams covid didn't even impact them because they played against us they played with the same amount of people in the crowd like fixed baseball from 54 game season with the playoffs jobs are good and then you can have the world world series where the winner of each plays plays in a huge grand finale. oh my god yeah there you go you can have the me- yeah the mega world series the mega, mega world, world series. series. Look, we fixed baseball. It took fifty-seven it. minutes, Rush Nation. But at the end of a fancy football podcast, we fixed baseball. We fixed baseball. You, you come for the knowledge, and we fix other sports. That's just what we do. That's what we do. Uh... Ne- next week, we will tackle rugby league. Is that which one's that? Is is That's that the, the one we won? Rugby. That's the touch rugby. I've never really had a problem with that. It's Northern. It's Northern rugby. Well, I mean, you've slated. just... That is... But it is I Northern mean, rugby. No one in the South plays it. Literally no one in the South plays There isn't a professional team that's south of... The Wall. <laughs> well, no. I mean, like, it's St. <laughs> Helens and Leeds and... Uh, yeah, okay. Factually, it's a Northern they used, rugby. They used to have... They used to have a... They used to have the Quins or London or whoever it was, and then they're not in it anymore. Um... Most southern rugby. Crush Nation, we don't apologise for this tangent. It is at the hour point and it's Murph and Stocks talking nonsense. So yeah. if you want to leave now, thanks for coming. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Five Guard Rush on Twitter. But if you want to stay for the chat, we are here for some of the most southerly rugby union league. I don't even remember. Rugby league. The most rugby southern league. is Warrington. And that's a billion miles well, away. It's by Liverpool. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. It took me seven hours to get up there the other week, so that can't yeah. be true. It, it is true. I'm looking at a map of it. I'm looking at a map of... These are the teams, right? Um, northern. Hang on. What a there northern is, sport. I mean, except for the Catalan Dragons, because they're in Spain. <laughs> Who do they play? They play the, they play the Super League. They play in the British Super League. All right, this is broken. All right, we need to fix it. Next so, week, okay, we'll come up with So we have one southern team who aren't in the south of England. They're in Spain. <laughs> and like, they're in the most northern part of Spain, to be fair. So it's still a northern sport because they're right on... They're like by Andorra. I, I, I don't know how to process the information. In fact, they're north of Andorra. It's bizarre. They're technically... Are they technically in France? It might technically be in France. I don't know. It's really close to the border. I can't zoom in enough. But the re- so the rest of them are so you got Catalans who were just completely out of it. Got Castleford, Huddersfield, Hull, Hull, Leeds, Lee, Salford, St Helens, Wakefield, Warrington, and Wigan. Northern. 
what a northern sport you were not Warrington, wrong. Warrington is the most southern of those teams, and it's in line with Liverpool. This is basically for our American listeners who have just completely switched off. This is like playing a, a sport where the most southern of them is Washington State. And then you've That's got a random good. team in Sao Paulo. Yeah, yeah, you got around. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got the Buenos Aires, <laughs> the, Buenos, the, the Buenos Aires Lions. <laughs> uh, there now, just to chime in, well, the Catalonia, yeah, the Catalonian Cats, yes. Catalonian Bobcats are down That's there. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Oh, oh sorry, it's not Catalonia. It's um, I'm got the wrong continent. Now. I'm thinking uh, Patagonia. <laughs> The Patagonia Panthers. So, yeah, the Patagonia Panthers. That's what I meant, the Patagonia Panthers. That's a strong fantasy football name there. Yeah, I think so. I might change one of my league teams to them. Me me too. Do you know what? I'm going to change one of the listener league teams that I have. I'm going to change. I'll pick one at random, and I'll change to the Patagonia Panthers. And then if, um, if you've listened to the pod, I want you to use a... Um, gif of Jeremy Clarkson. Any gif you like of Jeremy Clarkson. Because he got in trouble with Patagonia. You remember that Top Gear episode? Yes. And then they got kicked out because he had the Falklands uh, number plate. And then that way I know that you've listened to the pod. This is okay. a test. It's a test for that league. There is a listener league. Yeah, it's going to be a listener league. I'm going to do it tonight. Um... And then tomorrow I'm going to see who puts Jeremy Clarkson gifts. And it will confuse the heck out of the people in the league who haven't listened to the pod. And they'll be brilliant. They'll be like, what is going on? There you go. I like calling that, carnage. What can I say? Well, that's that's the... Uh, that'll do it, I think. That will, uh, I think that will do that, it. I think the fact we got to Jeremy Clarkson gifts. It's week one. Celebrate it's week one. Uh, take some it. advice from this show. Uh, next week we're going to have a guest and looking forward to it, just confirming that up. Um, it's going to be a cool chat because it's not a famous guest if it's the one I'm hoping to get, but it's actually a commissioner and we're going to talk about making your leagues fun. So I think it's going to be a good one because you're going to have three very experienced fantasy football commissioners. We're going to talk about our favorite things about being a commissioner. We're going to talk about something. And then we'll do reviews of the uh, action and some sleepers and some actionable points. We'll bring all of that in, but we are going to have some fun next week with some. But it will happen. be Thursday, so all of our review stuff will just be cursory, really, at that point. <laughs> but that's why we're going to cover it on the waiver wire pod and the matchups pod, so that we can have some fun prepping you for week two, bringing you ahead of the action and and just having a wild ride for the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. There you go, Rush Nation. That is the end of week one's preview, I suppose. If you are a northerner and you do enjoy the rugby you play up there, you are welcome. We've fixed it. Otherwise, head over to Patreon forward slash Five Yard Rush if you'd like to support the podcast. Various tiers over there starting from £1. And just on that, dropped a Patreon cast this week. So I talked a little bit on here about bench management. I talked a little bit about the quarterbacks and the tight ends. I go into a 30-minute special on that, including some players that you should pick up more than I did on here. So that's a great reason to subscribe. I'm going to be doing some strategic Patreon casts every week. So I'm going to do deep dives on trends of players trending down, players trending up based on their utilization and usage. And then on top of that, going to be doing um, some more strategy based. So in terms of how to manage your bench through the season so that you've got the best optimization to win. If that's not worth a pound a month, I don't know what is. There you go, I'm just saying. 
A pound a month. It's nothing. You can't even buy a Freddo these days because of the cost of living crisis for a pound. Support us, not Cadbury. Um, That's it. Cadbury's got enough money. <laughs> That's another T-shirt. We got the uh, Evo <laughs> Samuel got... taste the rainbow and support us, not Cadbury. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna have a whole range by the end of the season. I cannot. And wait. not only that, somehow they're all confectionery based, and some of the biggest companies in the world are going to sue the life out of us. But <laughs> hey, we're only here once. We've got to make the best of this blue marble experience. Listen, Rush Nation, at Five Yard Rush on Twitter slash X, at Murph underscore NFL on Twitter slash X. You can follow him over there. You can follow the pod. We should also mention before we go, we are sponsored by Manscaped. We definitely should mention before we go, we're sponsored by Manscaped. We uh, somehow managed to absolutely get out of that this week, Murph. Um, One hour, six in. Probably not. That's my fault. I took the banner off because of the show I did uh, earlier. Um, had to take the banner off so you could see me um, because I was in the small screen, the bottom left, which is the matchup show. Um, so yes, uh, definitely check out Manscaped. Use the code Five Yard Rush to get twenty percent off. Look how box sh- uh, look how box fresh stocks is. Look how horrific I am because I haven't <laughs> used I haven't used a lawnmower or uh, the beard trimmer. So. If you want to look horrendous like me, don't buy anything. If you want to look box fresh like stocks and get the ladies and wear your tank tops, then check out Manscaped because you've got look at the muscles exactly that. So you've got to you don't look don't be a Murph, be a stocks. Buy <laughs> from manscaped.com uh, or co.uk. Use the code five year rush to get twenty percent off everything. Um, and I have to say, I have bought in the past and still have some of the lotions and potions, and especially the uh, the ball deodorant is superb. It's absolutely brilliant. So I still use that. I still buy it. It's a really, really good product. You can get 20% off that. Take my word for it. You will thank me later, especially if you do any form of exercise or cycling. You will really thank me. And more importantly, your other halves will thank me as well. Not you and it's free. Me. It's free international shipping as well, Rush Nation. So there you go. International shipping. Get involved. What more? What more can you want on the hottest day of the year? That is going to do it, Rush Nation, for today's show. Enjoy Thursday night football. Enjoy your first weekend of football. Fantasy football is back. Let's celebrate those sleeper numbers rolling in. Get those dubs. Rush Nation, until next week, don't forget, keep rushing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.